Welcome back to another episode of Dazed and Disturbed, a show where we look at all the terrors of what the universe has to offer and the topics that make your heads go fuzzy. Today I have a full house of guests. We got Nicole with the good hair. House of Mouse. We got Nick with the cheese. And we got Madame Moxie. Uh-huh. And me, your host, Danny de los Monstros. Today our topic will be more opinion-based. We are going to be talking about movies that people think are great, but we think aren't the best. And we've all come up with four movies that we wanted to talk about. Excuse me. <clears throat> there it is. <laughs> There's a piece of phlegm in my throat. Excuse me. Excuse I me. I thought there was a biscuit. <laughs> Cast the demon out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we today for today's movies, we decided on Us, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Midsommar, and The Conjuring. You can guess which ones are Nicole's and which one are mine. Daniel's are us no, and Midsummer. No, no. <laughs> and I'll preface it. That cut that. Cut that. <laughs> cut that out. Cut that out, Senator. Uh, I will preface it that we spent, th- was it like two days trying to watch these films? Yeah. Like we tried. I, I got to. I got to their place and they were like, "Hey, um, can we watch these three movies?" And then, or the what was four movies we watched? Yeah, yes. we watched four. So, movie marathons with these people suck. All I want to do is eat. <laughs> Just movie marathons aren't really fun once you get past like the second two. movie. <laughs> yeah, I can handle two movies, but yeah, it was it was a nightmare. I was just like, dude, I I gotta go home. I I at this point, I don't even want to talk to you. I don't even want to look at you guys. Well, especially because we know at least one person there was not enjoying the movies that we were watching. <laughs> like at, at least one person for each movie, someone was sitting there going. Uh. <laughs> I mean, that's why I felt bad, and I paid you back. I was like, I'm sorry, you guys rented The Conjuring, but here, here's here's the money. Just, I'm sorry. That didn't happen, actually. I did pay you back for that. No. Check your fucking PayPal, you <laughs> jerk off. Don't don't make me look like the bad guy. I didn't even realize we rented it. Yeah. No, I rented. Yeah, you rented it. I rented us. Oh, who cares? Fuck it. They were like a dollar each. It really doesn't matter. Yeah, whatever. As long as everyone's all paid back. I owe you guys toilet paper, by the way. Don't 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 forget. Uh, yeah, it. we're almost out. You, so. re- you really want to talk about this on the episode about how you went through four rolls of toilet paper at our apartment? I didn't feel well. I got hours. sick. <laughs> I, That's part of the reason it took us so long to watch all four movies because halfway through every movie, Daniel disappeared for thirty minutes. Well, I like those films that I that, that were playing. Son, I do declare you have a disease. <laughs> it's called lactose intolerance. <laughs> <laughs> Too many pizzas. <laughs> a lot of poop. I've had over forty. <laughs> I've had over forty six pizzas in the last thirty days. <laughs> All right. So, how about we start with the the movie Us? Now, let's talk to the people who actually enjoy the movie, that, and that's them. Those people being Nick and I. Um, one of my favorite things about this movie is that when you see it for the very first time, granted that no one spoiled it for you, you really don't have any idea what the movie's going to be about. Like the, the beginning, middle and end of the movie work to be, you know, very linear, but you kind of don't really know what's going on in the very beginning, which I really like. Um, and there's also very great symbolism and foreshadowing right from the beginning. So, um, even when the movie starts and you're being shown the Hands Across America commercial, you're like, what the hell does this have to do with anything in the movie? And then you're like, oh, actually, this is like a crucial part of the plot. Um, and I just think they do a good job at kind of bringing everything together. 
Um, it's definitely a movie that's designed to make you feel leery about ordinary things. And we'll kind of get in a little bit later into like the, the overall theme and um, kind of the plot of the movie. But um, yeah, I really like it. My only my only complaint would be that occasionally the dialogue certainly lacks. It feels very forced, but I, I don't think that makes it a bad movie. You hypocrite. You said you had nothing bad about to say about the film. There's literally no movie or anything in the world that I would say is perfect. Anything. There, there's certainly flaws that you can point out in every form of media or entertainment. Texas Chainsaw was great. It was okay. You're a fucking human too. It was good. You're a liar. You, you love that film. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to be the only person to talk about it, but I really, I, I love everything about this movie. It's visually beautiful. It's got great music. A uh, very candid message about how uh, black and white Americans interact. Um, it a, a lot of it is filmed at the Santa Cruz Boardwalk, which is very close to home and meaningful for me. It's somewhere that I spent a lot of summers growing up. Uh, it's very familiar, so that's part of why it's super extra creepy. Um, it's got some some interesting, like I said, symbolism, and um, like I said, an overall powerful message that you kind of you leave the movie theater and it's impossible not to talk about the movie with whoever you saw it with whether you like it or don't it encourages you to have a conversation um and you know figure out what what was going on nick did you have anything to say about it um i I, well i like the overall messaging of it i think it's hard to talk about it without talking about get out as well because uh to people who don't know uh both films were made by jordan peele uh, of Key and Peele fame, <laughs> and uh, uh, Jordan Peele, uh, both both his, the two movies that he's made so far are both uh, critically acclaimed horror films, and um, uh, I, it, a lot of people kind of compare the two and debate whether Get Out is better or Us is better, um, and you know I don't want to say like one's better than the other, but I I think. Uh, I think Us is less on the nose. Get Out, you can watch it. You immediately understand what it's about. It's you can, very tongue-in-cheek. You can watch the commercials, and it's like, oh, okay, I get it. Yeah, like, I get the theme. I get what it means. But Us, you have to really think about... You have to really kind of do a, a little bit of a deeper dive into the messaging to to get something out of it. And And I don't know if that makes it better, but I think it makes it more interesting. It's more engaging. Um, one thing I really like about this movie or something I'll say is I liked it much better the second time than the first time I watched it because I saw a lot more of the symbolism, um, and sort of the foreshadowing. So like, I mean, I guess we're going to talk about spoilers because that's part of talking about movies, but, um, like it's, it's very small, but there's a, there's a scene where, um, they're playing Frisbee on the beach, right? And there's a, there's a Frisbee that directly lands onto like a blue spot on their towel. And the mom's like staring at it and you're like, what the hell could this possibly mean? Like what, what is the meaning behind this? It's so, it seems so pointless. Right. Um, but it's so powerful to like the message of the movie where there's something, you know, sort of directly beneath what's on top so um when you're talking about the the people who are living in the i guess actual world and then the people who are living beneath that are tethered um i mean i kind of just want to jump into the theme of the movie because that's why i consider it to be such a great movie um and i actually just want to kind of read a quote quote that um jordan peele said about it because i think it kind of sums it up very well um and it's interesting to kind of get his his piece behind it um 
So his quote is, we're in a time where we fear the other, whether it's the mysterious invader that we think is going to come and kill us and take our jobs or the faction we don't live near who voted a different way than us. We're all about pointing the finger. And I wanted to suggest that maybe the monster we really need to look at has our own face. Maybe the evil, it's us. Um, and like I said, I feel like I, I took more, much more from this movie the second time I saw it. Um, but it's a really great um I guess, symbol, for lack of a better word, um, of like wealth inequality, especially in our country and how easy it is to be aware of our privilege and our comfort while other people who are exactly like us, just like the tethered are exactly like the people in the real world are Mm -hmm. suffering and they're hungry and they're they're truly, you know, they're not far away from the people who are so remarkably similar to them. Another, I guess, sort of fly I have with this movie, which I think I have also with Get Out and with a lot of modern horror movies, is that the transitions between horror and comedy are super abrupt, right? Yeah. So there's a scene that everybody knows and the song I Got Five on it, it's super typecast for that movie. They're in their car, they're singing, they're dancing, and then like they drive past like a homeless guy being taken into an ambulance and that scene is super abrupt and like you're like, what the hell, like... I, I, I dislike in movies when they kind of use like comedy to lean on, especially in horror movies. Um, but yeah, I actually did like that part where, where it was like, it was cutting, it was still cut from another part. It, like it, they, they show them driving through the, through the Hills. And then when they get to like the, the down, the downtown Santa Cruz area, it's like, okay, let's let the movie now start showing its true colors. True. I think that part was, was done pretty well. But I mean, hey, this is what we're about to argue about. I I think that the reason a lot of people don't like it and I don't I don't want this to sound like mean, but I just feel like it's kind of because they don't understand it. Like I said, when you when you first when you first see the movie and you leave the theater before you kind of go and do your research on your own, you're like. I don't really know what I just watched. Like, especially because they're spoiler alert, but the twist at the end is that um, red has been the tether the whole time. Um, but I think that if you're paying attention during the movie, like I said, especially the second time you watch it, you kind of pick up on those cues. So like, for instance, uh, red's ability to speak. She's the only tethered that can speak, right? Like when she comes to the house and they talk with the family, she's the only one who can actually form words. And even though her voice is broken from not having spoken for a long time, she's the only one that can communicate in anything other than grunts and screams. Um, Vice versa. When Adelaide comes back, um, her character, right? Her, her like untethered character comes back from, you know, after they switch in at the boardwalk, she comes back and her family's in therapy and she's not able to talk. And we're assuming, oh, she's not able to talk because she's she's been severely, severely traumatized. It's she's not able to talk because she is the tethered one that traded places and she had to learn that ability over again. And like, I don't know, it's small things that like like that that I really genuinely appreciate about this movie. It's not in your face horror. It's more just a feeling of dread and uncertainty. And I like I said, I really appreciate the overall message behind it. I took away from it that her 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 trachea was broken, and like you said, it might be the the fact that like oh I don't understand the movie because I'm I like the gravy, <laughs> but uh, what I took away from it was I thought like the little girl did a great job breaking her trachea and then dragging her off, and she was like I, the reason I can't talk is because my what was it the the the, the trachea the larynx and just severed at that point so that she had a hard time talking because she's like what's about it because she can't she can hardly she can hardly speak through that yeah. but i'm like doesn't the trachea heal over time I, well i don't know it might it, it's unclear it, it's not something that's really like entirely necessary but yeah it, it, she just isn't 
able to speak normally, but she can still speak. Is Some, really the, so good, good. Well, that's that's really all. Is is just that she's able to speak. She's the only one that's able to speak, which is like definitely a hint at, at the fact that she actually came from above, um, and and switched places. The one thing I didn't, the one thing, okay, so yeah, I'll, I'll get into something real quick before we just jump into, like, the entire plot of Us. Uh, the one thing I didn't like about the film, some parts are very unclear, and, and it's like, yeah, it, 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 it's open for debate, like, oh, it's because, the reason she can't talk is because she's, uh, whatever, whatever you, the hell you just said. Tethered. Yeah, she's a tethered, and or I thought, like, oh, the reason that she can't, that it's hard for her to talk is because her lyrics broke, and it's like, a lot of it's not clear, like, they don't explicitly say it, it's hinted at, but at the same time, the hint can also be taken in a different direction. Like I took it in a different direction versus you guys took it in like a different direction too. And then when I heard your guys' uh, uh, like thoughts on it, I'm like, oh, that could be it too. So, but the whole, a lot of the movie is like very unclear. And I guess if we're if we're comparing, if we were comparing it to Get Out, the entire movie was very clear. Like this is what this means. It's very tongue in cheek. And I'm not saying like I don't. It's like I don't like movies that are like very like. Oh, like you have to fan the deeper message, but it's, a lot of it was like, what? And 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 after like the fir- the first five watch it, the fi- first five times watching the movie, I'm like, okay, I'm starting to I'm starting to pick up on it. And then I wanted to change my notes for us. I'm like, maybe I should pick a different movie because now I'm starting to get it. But at the time when I was when I, when we were recording this, I'm like, I watch I have watched it one time and it was in theaters, and I'm like, there's a lot I have against it. But then I watched it the second time, like I'm starting to pick up more and more and more. But the movie, even after watching it for five times, five times after that, I'm like, there's still some things that are very unclear and it's still left for uh, interpretation. Well, that's the intention. I mean, I think that's what makes it a good movie and why I'm so I don't want to say happy with the way that horror is moving because I'm not. But at least in this general vicinity, I am because for so long we've been stuck with the same horror movie tropes. And I know that you're like the first person to defend that you like your horror movies to follow a very specific formula, which is fine. That's why horror movies are so successful because you've come to expect the same things from them. But with a movie like this, it's intentional that it's not black and white. Like you are supposed to think about it. There's supposed to be more than one meaning to it. It's just like any other form of art. You can interpret whatever you want from looking at a painting or listening to a song. You're never going to completely understand what the creator of that piece of art was thinking when they met it, when they made it. And that's the point. The point is it's up for interpretation. Like I said, you're supposed to leave this movie and have a discussion about whoever you saw it with about the movie. That's, that's what makes it such a good movie it's just I like that it's 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 not black and white. I, I think my my biggest problem with horror nowadays is like the same reason that you love it. It follows the formula. It's predictable. It's 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 not scary because we all know what's going to happen. This movie is legitimately tense because it's so hard to follow and and weird and interesting. Did you actually want to ha- have anything to say about us? Because we we never let you go ahead. Go ahead, Moxie. Go ahead. Say something. I personally did not love the movie. However, I appreciated uh, how Nicole mentioned earlier the themes of what was going on in the country's climate and how it reflected that, such as othering, making other people the enemy, even though they're just like us, but just human. Um, However, I'm the kind of person in a scary movie that likes to know why something happened. So why are there tethered people? Why the hands across America um, ending? Like I understand because that's what she viewed as a young girl. But what does that do other than symbolize, you know, her goals? 
Okay, okay, that's fair. That's fair. You obviously are just freaking out in the corner. Oh, but Nick's well, go ahead, Nick. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take it from her. Um, so there there's like a there's a couple things there. I mean, I mean, yeah, you're you're right. It, it's it's not exactly clear, but like um, uh, in the sorry the the reason why there's tethered it, it's <laughs> it's not clearly stated, but in the in the very beginning of the film, and 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 as it kind of goes on, you can pick up on it. But in the very beginning. Um, they talk about how there's all these like secret tunnels and shit. Um, it's, it's the first thing that shows up in the movie. It's like a black screen, white text, and it talks about secret tunnels um, being all over the place under the country. And um, uh, no one knows what like all of them are for. And so, you know, all these tethered live in at least some of them, if not all of them. Um, uh, but as as you go on, and I think there is a point in the movie where they do explicitly say it, but the the uh, maybe not maybe not because I, I i can't remember but there it's it's hinted at at least um that the the federal government was doing an experiment with controlling people um above uh with a like a tethered copy and, and it doesn't explain how it works um it actually says that it didn't work but they created all these tethered people to try and control the people above as if they're like puppets and and, and when the project didn't work, the government just fucking abandoned them there. And and that's why there's all these tethered, just like living shitty, horrible lives under underground in these tunnels. So and I think part of the reason that Hands Across America is such like a, a powerful like idea in this movie. So the one of the very first things we also see in the movie after the black, you know, screen with the white text is a commercial for Hands Across America. Um, and they literally use the in the commercial, they use the term tethered and they talk about how we can literally tether together um, to like end world hunger and world suffering. And so what you think about is we're assuming that young Adelaide, you know, before she's trade places, she's sitting with this, you know, in front of this TV watching this movie before she goes to Santa Cruz with her parents. So in, in a way, this this commercial is the very last thing that she sees before her and her tether switch places. So if you think about, she's a young girl. She's very impressionable. Um, she gets traded places with. She's in this tethered world now. She has no idea what's going on. She uses this commercial as sort of like her motivation. And like I said, the commercial is talking about how we can end suffering and hunger. And she sees these people that are suffering and she goes, okay, well, I know how to fix this. I saw this in the commercial. Um, and and so that's why that's so like meaningful um, to her and to the movie, I think. Um, and additionally to the whole Hands Across America was obviously a real thing. Um, they raised about thirty four million dollars. Um, uh, but it, it it. Wow. Way to dig deep. huh, so, America? So, no, something, something that I read about that I thought was interesting was also how this movie sort sort of tends to um, like part of the symbolism is that we sort of glorify things that aren't really all that great and we sort of write off the parts of them that are bad if that makes sense like we're we're glossing things over so hands across America isn't that great Uh, yes let me let me 34 million dollars okay so they raised 34 million dollars but but most of that was eaten up by operational fees so they only donated 15 million of it so if you think about over half of what they raised was eaten up it's I mean and I mean, not to say that $15 million isn't a great thing, but it's just, when we're talking about ending world hunger, it's a drop in the fucking bucket. And Americans, to think that they solved a problem by 
by donating $15 million, even though you fucking wasted half of that um, on putting the whole project together. It just talks about how how we so frequently, like I say, just kind of gloss stuff over. Wow, we did this really great thing. Look at all the stuff that we did. But we don't talk about all the shit that we had to do to get there. Right. Like kind of like just our, our culture in general, like. Hey, yeah, we live in America. We live on the West Coast. But like, think about how we obtained this land and all that stuff. Like, we only look at the good stuff. We don't look at the shitty stuff that happened to get us to where we are. Um, and I think that's another part of the reason that Hands Across America is meaningful to the story's plot. And ho- hopefully that made sense, because I know I'm kind of just going back and forth. But Wait, Moxie had something to say. Oh, I was just going to say, like, Hands Across America is kind of like every other big world fundraiser that we've always had like um uh, world aids or we are the world that whole 80s thing that went on and then we are the world we are the, world. We are the children <laughs> it's, it's very like oh let's let's have uh it's a very like white savior complex like let's help these these poor yes. countries like oh look at the um, and this is not my opinion this is basically you know disclaimer this like let's help the poor other brown people that are starving but that's what it is because we we did this did this to these countries and we're ignoring that and we're like oh look how great we are the white americans you know we're we're fixing our guilt mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. But it's not that. You white. What was it? That, <laughs> you white the, milk. Yeah, you wilt, white, white guilt. guilt. <laughs> um, but also what's interesting to me is that this movie not only kind of helps, I shouldn't say helps, but kind of kind of symbolizes the the uh, space between white and black Americans, but also just between black Americans in general. So think about it. Like the family that we're exposed to in this movie is very well off. They've got a boat. They have a summer house. They're able to afford to take their kids here and get, go out and do this stuff. Um, but think about <laughs> the like stark contrast of that, of like black communities in America that don't even have access to like clean water or good education for their children. Like the, the male character in this movie, whose name I'm forgetting, is wearing like a Howard University sweatshirt through part of it. And you're just like, wow. What a great school that you have the opportunity to go to. But think about like all the black kids in our in our United States of America that will never be able to afford to go to school. So not only is it a contrast between, you know, the difference between white and black Americans, but just the class differences between black Americans in general. That's why there's so much that you can take from this movie. And I don't want people to just think it's like black versus white, because I I don't think that's the purpose of this movie at all. It's just to give more light on disenfranchised communities that are just like us, that we are purposefully ignoring for whatever reason. What was that that? It's like the, the 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 Dream Act. It was the Dream Act that's like, oh, you have to have a certain quota of uh, of people of color to enter your universities. Isn't that still an an act right now? Like if oh uh, yeah, affirmative action. Affirmative action is like yeah, the Dream Act is with um undocumented. Yeah, the Dreamers. I meant I meant the other one then. Yeah, yeah, it's a little bit different. Also, didn't he get like a really shitty boat? Yeah, he he did, but that but that was meant for a joke. It's not that he doesn't have the money to get a good one. It's just that he's it's it's a fucking stupid throwaway joke. Oh, okay. That's why I was like, wait a second. But even that, even if you have a shitty boat, if you're still able to buy a boat, you are still much more privileged than someone that can't even afford to provide food for their children. I can't afford to buy a boat or food for Daniel, my children. I'm gonna my, fucking <laughs> beat you up. Yeah, well, there there might even be some like significance to him having the shit boat because if you think about it, like they're they're white friends who are like has like a absurdly yacht. wealthy. Yeah, he has like a nice ass fucking boat, 
and like and like they make fun of him for having this boat that he rented even though it's like like he just rented a boat so he could have fun with his family. No, he bought the boat. Did he buy he it? Bought, he I bought the boat. He's he like, hey. It. And then his friend was like, yeah, he was making fun of him, saying the whole like, all right, did you get the the boat, the buoy? Yeah. Did you oh, get the flare gun? Yeah. You didn't get the flare gun. You fucking idiot. You yeah. did not get the flare gun. Yeah, he was like, ma- he's making fun of him for his incompetence in this thing that like doesn't. E- it, it's it, so it, trivial. It, it's so yeah, it's trivial and it's nonsense, but it's just like a way of flaunting your your wealth and success. And then afterwards, the guy was like, you know what? Fuck that guy. I don't need to get a fucking flare gun. I need to get this. This is I don't. I don't give a shit. Like you know, he was still still kind of like uh, writhing over it. Like yeah, how come he gets better things than I do? And, yeah. I, and it, it could be like it can also be like a sign of envy, and I, that's just simply. Yeah. It, but well, then also yeah, it's it almost a... like em- embarrassment over like what you can't afford what you yeah what you don't have access to so that's a positive of the movie then i guess but we can also just be like way looking we can be looking deep into it and, and honestly jordan peele was like that was just a throwaway joke you guys are just you guys are just getting a little too too rowdy over yeah. here well that's the thing i like about it, is that it's like a it's a movie that inspires a lot of conversation uh, be it you know political or or even on just uh as a film yeah if you're judging it as a film it can inspire a lot of conversation it's it, that's that's kind of what i look for in movies mm-hmm. and so that that's what makes that movie appeal to me so much that's why i like it i think more than than get out not that i dislike get out i do like get out i love get out um but, but i think us is a little better at being a film like Did a whole fart? film no that was the chair oh, okay cool good excuse does it jordan appeal to you who get out Ah, <laughs> I'm not laughing at either of those. <laughs> yeah, the, she, you got it. I didn't even realize I just made a joke there. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, how about we just go into the plot so we can actually start talking about like the the, the deeper things about it? Since we've done that. No, no, I'm talking about like from the beginning to the end because I have some stuff to talk about too, and then you did too. Oh, you were just all right. I'm just gonna read from my okay. no, my time passed. The, the topic like went way way past way past so it's all good okay so why, why don't you if you if you have something to like wrap it up with or, or get into you can do it something's about the whole wrap it up damn girl i'm the oh. host <laughs> like, wrap it up motherfucker wrap it up, wrap it up. <laughs> we got some other shit to talk about i'm hungry i'm hungry <laughs> no um it was very i either i took it this way or it was purposely intended to do that and i get like you explain it afterwards like oh the reason that the, the like the rabbits were were there is only because jordan peele like you said he didn't fear rabbits now but he's like no when i was a kid i used to be scared shitless about the rabbits yeah that's true but then there was a lot of like either i took it that way because there's a lot of uh symbolism to reflection and it was the whole like you were talking you were talking about the point where like uh i'm I'm, like pointing at uh, nicole troll over there um (laughs) (laughs) i was talking about like the whole like like reflection that was hammered home so fucking much like i get it a few uh, a few instances that's that's fine and you can use it as like a what did you call it, it was a Ch- Chekhov's gun right yeah you can use it as a Chekhov's gun but it's like if you didn't get it the first nine times here's the 10th time to do it. i'm like all right dude I like we get strongly it strongly disagree with that. well okay they they use the reflection with like the spider and the reflection like the like the they were all they were doing like, like the reflection of um you remember, do you remember the scene where like there were she was like the the camera was focused on a spider and walking across a glass um a glass table and it was you can see it's a reflection very clear yes then you can also see at the end of the movie where there was like the uh there was a rabbit that that like when when the lady opened the door and then she was going to walk down the stairs to go go fight uh who's red again red the red's the tethered okay of the main of, of the main character mm-hmm. okay 
So when that happened, like the the bunny perfectly sat right in front of like the drawing of the bunny, like something I'm like, OK, you you kind of hammered it home. Like I get it. when when I'm seeing when you use a Chekhov's gun for me, it's like you use it like once and it'll come back and in. Oh, go ahead. What's up? You're gonna no, say something? Not, no, it's cool. It's cool. I'll just go fuck myself. Well, then. well, well I, I think it's. I think in in that case, it's more of like a repeating theme than a Chekhov's gun. Because like a Chekhov's gun is like, I, I mean, in the example that it, the name refers to, if you show a gun in the first act, it's going to be used by the third act. So it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like the the rest of the plot. We'll revolve if, around if, it. Eventually. If you do something in the movie, it's going to have a purpose. Or it was a pointless scene, right? Yeah. So, like, yeah. So, if, uh, like, in the case of when they're talking about if he got a flare gun or not, yeah, that would be a like a literal Chekhov's gun because they're talking about oh he didn't have a flare gun, so he's like not able to do anything when he's when he's fighting. But then when he goes to his buddy's boat, he gets the flare gun and misses, and and he misses with it. But it that is like a Chekhov's gun where he's like oh shit here's the flare gun I can use it. Yeah, I meant to say the reflect. I meant to say like. Oh, God. No, I'm just saying that I feel like you're you started off by saying, like, I don't like this movie because I don't think the themes are clear and no. it's very confusing. And now you're like, it's too obvious. The reflection just no, no, keeps no. happening. No, 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 no. No, that was just that was one point that I, that was only one point out of out of the out of the themes. Of, no, I, I get that theme. And I'm like, OK, but you're kind of hammer, hammering it home hard. But there are there are other things I want to talk about, too. But. Oh, I thought you just, I thought you raised your hand. Well, it's just like completely off topic right no, now. No. Okay. So, you know how like she found the entrance into the boardwalk funhouse? Yeah. Why didn't she just free everybody else later on? Right? That's that, another thing. That's what bothers me about this movie. Like there are so many like why didn't she just free them? What do you mean? Like the tethered because she found a way into the funhouse, right? So there is a way out. Right. So why didn't she leave the other like earlier? Like why did she wait X amount of years to do so? Oh, why didn't she I, I get want what you're saying. She's like go back to her family, right? Yeah, so she probably could. Um, she's like a kid though, so like I don't know. I mean, you could say it's kid logic or it's movie logic. You're right. She probably she could have just fucking left. Um, assume, but she did. To be fair, she did get dragged through it, and I assume she did find an exit eventually, but she got dragged through it completely unconscious and got handcuffed to a bed, so she had no fucking clue where she was. Um, she's true. Yeah. True. But I mean, like, yeah, you could you could figure she eventually figured it out, but there's, like, these people down there that look like her parents, so she's probably like, oh, these are my parents. They're acting weird, but they're my parents. But what about the other, like, the original tethered? She can well she came well she Oh why left. didn't she like, go yeah. back and free them? Like, hey guys, it's a fucking getaway. Let's I, go. I don't think she cared about the rest of them. I think she just wanted to it was go. All, it was like all for one. Just yeah, she just wanted to go. Well, because she she's if you think about it, the tethered are supposed to be the opposite of the people from above. Like they behave in, in an opposite but equal way. And and so we know that the the original girl who ends up becoming like the tethered leader, essentially, she's very selfless. She leads their like revolution. So you would think the other one kind of maybe is more selfish, just wants to get out of there and be safe herself, but doesn't really care about the other ones. I also think this is one of those examples where you can't you can't look for the, the reason in every single thing that is that happens in a movie and like i said in general art forms like it's some movies are made 
not for pure entertainment value, but to be looked at as like an artistic commentary on something. Right. So like when you start taking apart this movie and asking why characters did certain things, it's like it, it doesn't serve to to it doesn't help to serve the plot of the movie. Like that that stuff is 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 very trivial. Um, and like I said, it, it not everything has to make sense in a movie for it to be like a, a powerful piece of work. Isn't that what this whole freaking episode's well, about? Just pointing out the like what we're like what we don't like about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, yeah. for sure. And, and I, just I have to Nicole called me trivial. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well no, I, I think um, it's a, it's an it's the movie is really like an allegory for you know different messages, yeah. but but none of what you see is supposed to be taken like exactly literally, um, and so like when you get weird things like that, I would personally chalk it up as being like fucking like like, i i see get it out of here (laughs) i i would chalk things up like that as like maybe they just needed to spend a little more time in the writing room Uh because like when you create like a large a large allegory you know you're making a movie that's an hour and a half two hours long and and it's all supposed to be a metaphor for something yeah you're gonna miss something that like you're something's not gonna make a hundred percent sense um and that's fine that's just how that works and and, and you know i don't i don't love it i don't love when when i catch like strange Little things like, about like, like yeah that. like continuity errors or or um you know questionable motivations of characters and stuff but you know if, if the movie's meant to be an allegory i i tend to cut it a little slack because i know it's like you know they're trying to get a certain message across mm-hmm. so if 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 the something that one character does doesn't entirely make sense for like a scene yeah i'm like eh some, if it gets to the end, it gets to the end and that's fine. Something about the continuity that you were talking about that kind of that kind of got me like, what the fuck was the whole like at this point, we now know that the tethered and uh, um the real uh, excuse me, the real Adel- Adelaide mm-hmm. is the main character. The real Adelaide switched places. Why was she still mimicking her? What was the real human mimicking the tethered up in the real world? And she was the act one acting animalistic. Oh, yeah, I. I agree that it, it doesn't make sense that in some cases the tethered like physically do what the untethered do like when they're moving around. I don't think that makes sense. I think that's more just to like serve for di- different um, like the way that they like end a scene in the movie. Right. Like, OK, this will help to end the scene. So they will do it in this scene, but they won't do it in this other scene. I, like you said, it is definitely a continuity um, error, but I Yes, I can see how that can be confusing and frustrating. But like I said, I don't think it takes away from the the plot of the film. But if you're watching it and you're expecting things to to follow a formula and go a certain way, I can definitely see that that's frustrating. I could also come up with like a theory as to why it works, but it's so like it's 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 a it's it's not entirely necessary. Yeah, right? like like I could, well because like you know like the it's a failed experiment by the government. And so maybe they can like tap into what the other people, like what the people up above are doing. Maybe they can mimic them if they, if they want to, or, or there's situations where they're forced to mimic them, but it doesn't always work because it is a failed experiment. Yeah. So like, obviously they're not, it's not a perfect mimic. Um, and, and maybe they don't control the people above. Maybe that's where the failure is, but we don't know. Yeah. Um, so it, it could be explained, 
but it it was never clear. It's not clear, and it, uh, I. It's a very tinfoil and, and this is, theory this about is, this, right? Well, and this is this is where I think we ultimately uh, differ on our our feelings about the movie. Is that even though it's unclear, I don't care. I don't need it to be clear, and 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 uh, there's nothing wrong with wanting it to be clear, um, or disliking that it's unclear. Because I that's that's your position, right? Yep. Yeah, and that's fine. This may be going too deep into it, but I kind of thought of it as like north and south magnetic poles, how opposites attract. So when they're on underneath, they're on different magnetic poles or whatever. So they're going to be mirroring each other. But when they're on the same plane or field, they don't attract. Well, that's when the God thing came that's in. That's awesome. I love that. I'm not trivial anymore. Oh, see? Yeah. <laughs> you, you you brought yourself back up. Yeah. You got some uh, Nicole points. Well, well, I think we talked about it when we first saw it. My my thoughts were kind of like they might be able to control them when they're like below and, and, and the other ones are above. Um, but as soon as they are like together on the same level. They're just like, it, fuck it, you. Yeah. It do, it, there's no... There's no necessity for that anymore. Also, what made me kind of laugh in the movie was the whole, like, the only thing that stops them, like, stops the tethered from coming up. I didn't even know they were called the tethered until, like, at the end of the film, by sure. the way. That's always, like, the other people, the shadows. The, and I just kept I just kept going for it. But um, the only thing stopping was, like, an elevator that was just, like, going down. So, yeah. like, they would be able to, they couldn't walk up. They'd be like, I can't get the fuck out of here yeah. but then like yeah like you said it, it, if if they were on the same playing field it's like i have a now a mind of my own guess what fuck you and then just choke the other person out yeah well if you if you notice they like they show scenes um where the little girl's like walking past all the other tethered as she heads to the escalator yeah and she it was an act of god is what how she described well, it. yeah well she she's walking past all of them and they they're all doing the actions that their counterparts are doing up above in like kind of a twisted way, but they're all doing the same actions. Yeah. And she's also doing the action that the person above is doing. It's just that the person above is heading to the entrance yeah. to this tunnel. And then as soon as they are together on the same level, she's able to act independently, I guess. So was the fun house like perfectly aligned with yeah, I how to, I, th- I think the, I think the fun house is just kind of like this, like fucked up like it's oh, like it's a so portal weird. almost like like a like a physical portal with no like supernatural shit to it but it causes this like almost supernatural thing to happen and also like the purpose of fun houses is to distort your reality with like the different mirrors and stuff so mm-hmm. kind of like it's like a free zone like nick was saying you know it just distorts everything yeah that makes oh, sense you're going in. yeah all right so let's talk about texas chainsaw hell yeah so we're gonna talk about the thing oh you know what Let's start with, let's just change it up because I want to um, smear your face in the shit, uh, Nicole the Troll. Well, why didn't you like the movie? Well, okay, let me let me preface this by saying I I had never seen this before. Um, Nicole had seen it once. Yeah, but she was like half asleep when she once, first saw it. Once, like probably six years ago. Okay, and I, I wasn't sure about this film. There's definitely things after watching it that I didn't love about it. Fair. But it's also an old film. Um, and some of the things I don't like are just like old film things. Oh, you don't like the um, retros just from the era. No, I like old films, but it's, it's what that movie was in the seventies, yeah, right? 70. And there's a lot of things in the seventies that kind of like, like they're definitely a product of that era and they weren't done before or after then. And for fucking good reason. <laughs> was it because they called the guy in the wheelchair an invalid? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was funny. <laughs> no, but, but, um, 
but yeah, I'd say overall, I actually, I actually liked this one. So I'm not against you on this and I'll let Nicole say her opinion. All right. give I'm, it. A- I'm also not against you on this. Like I said, I saw the movie once six fuck? years ago and after watching it a second time, I actually liked it. Uh-huh. Did we just lose power? We're on a battery thing. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hot Any, I actually, here's the thing. I I don't think it's a perfect movie, but I liked it the second time I watched it. Like I said, I think, I haven't said this yet, but I'll say it now, and then I can say like I said. Um, it created a lot of really great horror tropes. Yeah. Like, like the... it, is, it is, you can consider it like one of the very first, like, slasher films, and it it's totally... Fair. It's totally like important to the genre as a whole. Um, well, how about you judge it as a, how you were supposed to originally like judge it? I mean, we could talk about how great this film is. That's fine. That's that's fine with me because I I the I, where I'm going to defend it is yeah, a lot of horror tropes came out of it from Tobe Hopper, Tobe Hooper, Tobe Hopper. I think I think, it's, it's, Hopper. I think it's Hopper. So with Tobe Hopper, he he like the over you. One thing that you said before was like you didn't like the scene where it's where they're where the Leatherface, which is the the main and well, he's like he's a part of an uh, of an antagonist family, but he's like the most iconic out of all of them. If unless you consider Chop Top from the second movie, hell yeah, Bill Mosley. Bill Mosley, if you're listening to this, thank you. That's thank an honor for listening to this. I have your sign poster on my wall. What does it say? Uh, it says this blood is forever. It says it has my name on it. it says to Nicole, this blood is forever. Bill Mosley, and then it says Otis. Oh, that's so I sweet. I know, he's really nice when I met him. It says, XOXO, I want to give you a big kiss. <laughs> no, it doesn't say that. If it did, though. That's what but, I would say if I signed one of his posters <laughs> and, and gave it to him. He was like, um, um, Nick, can you sign my poster? You're Bill Mosley. I'll sign your dick, dude. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, I will, I will, I will kind of stay with that opinion. I think that, um, after, and I guess, spoiler if you haven't seen it, um, after it's like, it's Franklin been... is killed, there's, there's no further development of this fucking story. It's, there's just a chase scene that lasts way too long. Um, and I sort of started to lose interest at that point. I mean, my interest peaks back up when they, when they get her in the house and they're with the family, right? What house? Um, the, the, the Texas Chainsaw House, mm. um, the ranch house, family um, the, saw, the saw is the law. Um, the, I, I just think that, I mean, for the seventies, yes, there's lots of things that we can critique it for just because of the era that the, the time the film came out, like the acting isn't great. There's a lot of not so great shots. Um, name one. The, just kidding. <laughs> the, <laughs> no, the just part kidding. where they throw the kid in the wheelchair out of the car. That was great. hilarious. <laughs> I love the part where he's just like, you think he's, he's going to chase after me? He's like, no, he's far away. I mean, little do they know, like, yeah, he's going to get fucked by this family. But yeah, <laughs> it's just that's uh, funny. It was like, um, when he was like falling out. No, no, give me the flashlight. No, we'll go together. We'll go together. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're, I'm pushing you down a hill. I can't. You're you're huge. He's like, no, no, but we'll go together. We'll go together. Yeah, he's not a likable character. That's for sure. He reminds me of shrimp. Um, no. <laughs> I think I think that's one of my biggest criticisms of that movie, and it's also a criticism I have about a lot of horror movies. Is the seventies? I fucking I hate every character in that. There's not a single character that I I like. The the chick that the by, that by the end of the movie you're supposed to be like kind of rooting for her. Fi- the final girl. I don't care about her. I do not. There's nothing she did that make me made me like her. In fact, there's a point where she like 
she abandons her her brother who's wheelchair bound and clearly has some like like some some form of like uh, like social disorder i think he was just acting that part though like i think he was just like he was just he wasn't meant to be like oh i'm taking it as i'm an invalid i think he's like literally i'm just wheelchair bound that's it well yeah but he like but he acts but he he's he's wheelchair bound and she and her friends just fucking leave him in like a hot car outside for (laughs) for like hours and he's all like he's like shoot i really hate my sister and i'm like i'm like yeah like i'm kind of laughing because it's funny (laughs) but it's also fucked and if that happened in real life she should be arrested (laughs) uh the worst part of the movie for me is that when that character's finally killed by leatherface there's no fucking gore it's such a bummer right because he's such an annoying character and you're like god get this fucking guy off the screen and then he dies and it's super anticlimactic like there's no gore there's nothing it's just like was that it was that everything nicole hates the handicap don't fucking say that <laughs> i fucking hate you no uh but honestly i i remember that differently i remember like the chainsaw like going through the dude i don't remember like I must have remembered it differently, yeah, but I can remember like the like the chainsaw going through like the the chains. Uh, it's a shot where the wheelchair bound guy. I forget his name. It's, his he, name he is Franklin. Very, Franklin, the very unimportant guy in the in the world. He's <laughs> he sucks. He's literally the world's worst. Uh, he it's he's it's a he's blocking uh, Leatherface in uh, in in the scene. And he and Leatherface is like towering over him and it gives like the sense of like, yeah, this guy is doomed. So he like I could remember like he puts the chainsaw through him and it was like a dummy like, you know. Yeah, I mean, that happens, but there's no gore. And my notes, I was drunk when I wrote these, but I remember this because my notes literally say no gore when Franklin is obliterated by Leatherface. Bummer. (laughs) That's what my notes say, because I was so disappointed in that. And like also one of my biggest critiques is like Leatherface is supposed to be this this like broken not character. not like main character right but like you say he kind of is the main antagonist for this whole family and the scene that we first meet him is so boring i mean it's definitely iconic right like uh, you know the scene where she runs out the door and he grabs her and pulls her in and the scene where the guy goes in the house and he opens a sliding door and he bashes him on the head but it's it's something about it is so boring to me um because he pops out of the fucking side of the door there's no music it's a poorly lit shot and it's it lasts lit. yes it absolutely is and it lasts for like it's so bright two, and it, it lasts for like two seconds and you're just like that's how we're introduced to this character no, no no you're also introduced to the character as remember after he put after he puts the girl in the meat hook and after he cuts the dude's head off from yeah spoiler alert for if you haven't seen it since the, from the 70s um after this after that scene he goes into the kit into the like into the living room that's covered in bone and stuff and he like puts his hands in his in his in his uh he puts his hands on his face and he's like like he like he didn't want to do this. I know, but but I'm, what I'm like saying is like, the very first time you see him in the movie, the very first time you see him in the movie is the time where he opens a sliding door and he bashes that guy in the head. But that's that is the but even like bef- when this movie came out in the 70s, that is the first time that you're introduced to that character and it's boring. But that's the same time like that's something you did not expect. You expect to seem like oh, like maybe maybe you would see the hitchhiking dude or whatever, but you see literally a dude wearing like mismatched parts of leather on his face and that's the suspense is like oh i wasn't expecting that that's something even more terrifying that my mind can come up with and because the 70s yeah we were super uh we're super experimental for the time that was something like it, it with no music that was like for me that was perfect it's like oh what's gonna happen what's gonna what's gonna happen when they come close to this door 
and then that mon- the monster that you see is like that's something completely much more terrifying than I can think of. And then yeah, go ahead. Yeah, well, I, I think it's shocking, and I think there's a decent build up to it because he's like he's kind of like no music well yeah and the the dude's like slowly entering the house and he's like like he's he knows that someone's there they know for a fact that someone's there the audience um everyone does those two people they enter the house knowing someone's there and he's like he's walking in slowly and he's like hey is anyone here like you know like i i know your generator's on outside so like who who the fuck's in here like yeah i just want to talk and then uh, as he like slowly walks down the hallway, like, yeah, this shit happens. But uh, um, uh, Nicole called it poorly lit. It's not poor. It's not poorly lit in like it's dark. You can see everything. I think it's poorly. I think it's poorly lit in that. Like, it's not. It's like when the house, there's like no, the lights are off. There's no the like house. mood. There's yeah. no mood to yes. it. It's it's just like it, it. You're feeling like a little bit of dread because you're. You're expecting something bad to happen because it's a horror movie and it's a dude entering a house and there's someone in the house who's not announced that they're there and they're and as the person's calling out, the person's still not answering. So, you know, something's going to happen, um, but there's the shot doesn't dictate any mood. It's it's just your own brain. And that's fine. Um, but I, I don't I think artistically in, in film, that's not exactly the best way to do that. Well, what I think it was is that like it was it's not it, it could be it, usually it's the directors who are supposed to put the the mood in the film. But because it's so you're already getting like the sense of like there's bones like hanging from the ceiling like you see it outside. So like mm-hmm. already that's a, that's a sense of that's a sense of like, OK, something weird is going on in this house. Like who just who does that? And that's a sense of like now it's the audience putting the 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 mood of what's going on like the whole movie's bleak and the whole movie's like revolves around like death like, like the the movie starts off with like them trying to them picking up a hitchhiker and it's like they talk about they start going in slaughter like they talk about slaughterhouses for a little bit and then yes stuff happens after that but then at that time it's like the 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 mood was made by uh made by the audience and that's something that wasn't seen before it's like oh you're not like the director's not going to add the mood for you guys the audience will do it for you. And then at that point, like seating and seeing it in theater, it's like you're grabbing like your significant other by the the crotch, like (gasps) what's going on. And then all of a sudden, like that just shows up. And I think that was like, that's for, to me was brilliant. Like there are some film, the horror films that I've seen that don't have music. that don't usually use much music except for maybe a little bit of ambient, uh, ambient noise. And then that to me is like, Oh, that's, that's, it could be done better or it could be done poorly oh, go ahead you were gonna no my only my only thing i want to say is I, I i think i wrongly said that it didn't have any music what i meant was there's like no sting like i really i the really think that part face. of what makes because what you what you can call that scene is a jump scare right it's sudden yeah. he opens a thing part of what makes jump scares very scary for me is there's a very sharp sound that that scene is fucking mm. silent i really appreciate the use of sound in movies and i feel like a big critique of movies of that era in general are like the sort of like lack of that and so in that scene when he fucking opens a thing and he just beats him it's just like a thud and that's it and you're like there's there's nothing jump scary about that the the sound that was that you were looking for was the door slamming open with leatherface behind the door there's that no, was the well, okay here. it wasn't the whole like it was for sure but i i think and 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 this is me being a fucking dweeb, but I, I'm I'm a big fan of, of of all movies, no matter what. And and 
the two of the most important things for atmosphere in a movie are lighting and sound design and and, uh, okay and 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 this comes from a time long before um texas chainsaw massacre i mean like dracula i I think like orson wells with citizen kane is generally considered to be like the first time where lighting especially was considered to be like super super important um and and when you when you kind of toss that to the side because i i do i think the lighting for that shot is lazy and i think actually that whole movie's lighting is pretty shitty yes the the scene where they're like running through the woods is like you can kind of tell what's going on it was a giant like a giant spotlight just shooting through the forest and like you have to run through the ray of light and that because that's literally all i can see from you yeah it's it i don't think it's i don't think that movie's lighting is very good in in any scene i can't think of a single scene maybe in the van in the beginning i think Mm -hmm. that's i think that shot and that that scene is is cool and moody but the rest of it just feels out of place and and the sound design too is is it's okay in some spots like when he first enters the place and you can hear leatherface making like fucking weird pig noises like, like pig sounds in the in the back like that's that's definitely eerie but him slamming the door open is, is it, it could cause a jump but the problem is it's like it's not quick enough for you exactly. for it to be surprising. It, it's all about kind of like speed when you're trying to make someone jump. And, and it has to be so quick that you didn't really perceive it happening until it's happened. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, fuck, shit. And, and, and but but you're seeing this guy like creep up really slowly, all from this like one static shot. And then like the door, like it slams, it slams open, but it's still, it's like a second of time and, and you can kind of really get in what's going on before it surprises you. There was one thing I do. I did want to uh, talk about too. Like, I don't think the, the film, I'm not, and I'm not, and I'm, I, I, you're right about the light. Uh, I do agree with the lighting and sound. That's a lot of it does help with horror and how you can see how like the the beauty and the art of horror is like yeah you need lighting to create a mood and you also need the sound to help elevate the mood but um when i was watching it from what the what the time had like you know in the 70s everyone was experimenting whatever like grindhouse was coming out and mm-hmm. you see like like action or like artistic movies like what, what was the movie that you were talking about it was like literally the it was the end of jesus christ's life but it was filmed in such a weird way. It was Holy Mountain. Passion of the Christ. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> it was Holy Mountain. So, okay. So, a lot of the movies at the time... Holy Mountain? Yeah, I love that song. What's Who's It By? Sessus so, Move It Down. Holy Mountains. Oh, yeah, I did forget about that song. Okay, well, I guess I'm not that much of a SOAD fan, am I? Yeah. Um, no, but I think it was about, like... It was trying to be more experimental. Like, what if we just don't add the sound? And it's... I think that's at the time like what I appreciated about it. It's like Tobe Hopper was trying to do something completely different than what you like you said to me before. Like the reason I like horror is because of uh, of uh, like it follows a certain a certain pattern. Sure. And then you guys are saying like, yeah, like, but what about you if you look outside the box? And I think at the time Tobe Hopper was doing that because it was something that wasn't done at the time before. And you everything happens in like what? Like that scene was maybe a good two minutes long and then yeah you get like the guy, the guy back getting bashed in the head you're getting him dragged off and then like the woman's like what's going on where the hell is this guy and then another two minutes of her now walking into the thing and then leatherface coming out and then she, you know her, her uh no that was like a good like seven minutes of a scene i think the whole like 
20 minutes of that part of the movie was brilliantly done because it's like you're introduced to, to Leatherface in a very horrific way that he's not here to play around. So he bashes the dude on the head and it's like they do. Also, I do like the fact that like they mimic like if you do get hit on the head in a certain spot, your body will convulse. And that's why I'm like, why was his body when I was a younger kid? I'm like, why is his body convulsing? I thought like in the movies that people usually die. It's like, no, no, no. Tope Hopper did look into it. It's like when you're when you get striked in the head with the, what they used to do in Slaughterhouse, they would be, bash the, the like a pig on the head. Yeah. And it would start convulsing. Yeah. So it's like that's clever how like he was making the pig sounds when he bashed him on the head. It's like, oh, that's this is what's, what's going on in a slaughterhouse. Yeah. Then when the girl was like taken in and put on the meat hook and then people legit and people thought like this movie's so extreme that like they, they really put her on a meat hook and she was really suffering on that. On reality, like she was just standing right in front of the meat hook and stuff. And then after she was, was she cut in half? I don't remember. Or she was sanguinated or something like that. And then after the entire ordeal, Leatherface goes into the into the living room and is like, I did a mistake and I know I did a mistake. And that's what I'm like. I make a boo-boo. I, I, no, it's like, I made a boo-boo. He had the face like, I made the boo-boo and I like it. But uh, no, and so that's what I appreciated about the scenes. Like you are introduced to a character who doesn't want to do what he's doing. And, and, and it doesn't, and it kind of bleeds into the second movie where it's like, Leatherface is 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 created from the the environment around him and like his family wants him to do this stuff, but he does not want to do this stuff. He has a sense of right and wrong. And in the beginning, it's like you like he knows what he did was wrong versus like in uh, Friday the 13th or like Nightmare on Elm Street. These people know what they're doing is wrong, but they're like, I'm enjoying it. But Leatherface genuinely does not enjoy what he's doing. And I'm like, that's beautiful because it's already telling a story that isn't being able to be told at the time. I re- I do really appreciate what you're saying about how love it, the girl, idea. Love it. Listen, listen, mate. <laughs> it's my turn to talk. You have the talking stick. When I have the talking stick. When you say that it, I love the idea that they're kind of just pigs to him, right? Like he, he hits them over the head like you would slaughter an animal. They convulse. He hangs them on a meat hook. It's very, he's wearing a butcher's costume. I love that aspect of it. I just don't like that scene. I really don't. There, there are lots of things that take me out of the, the like environment of the movie. So here's the thing. Here's, here's my first notes on this. When we started it, the movie has a great fucking intro. It's great for the time period. The special effects in that scene are beautiful. Right. If you don't remember, like it starts off and it's, it's kind of this exact same opening to like Rob Zombie's house of a thousand corpses where they got it from Texas Chainsaw. I know that, but it's got some of the fun music and some of the like fun, you know, like the police commentary. And then there's like that bloody head in the sun and the birds Mm. like picking at it. Mm -hmm, Beautiful mm -hmm. scene within the first two minutes of the, movie you're already like there's shocking gore and i love that love that and i you know i like i said this movie you can definitely credit it credit it with some really key horror tropes right like the scary gas station attendants and um the cannibal family and stupid kids going around traveling in a van and you know getting picked up by the bad guy at the very end of the movie where you know she's in the she's in the car and and leatherface has got the chainsaw and he's running around acting you know dumb those are literally you can see those in almost every horror movie now like those are key points and key things that this movie totally created. And I do want to credit him with that. I don't think that the lack of emphasis in that one scene when you first meet Leatherface, I don't think that's intentional. You're like, it's intentional. He wanted to try something different. He didn't want to put, you know, the lighting or music in a certain way. I just think that that is is pure laziness. Like, I feel like I'm I'm so torn with this movie because I like 
a good third of it. Like, I think the first third of the movie is legitimately upsetting and it's scary. Like the scene where in the van and the hitchhikers are being all crazy and he cuts his hand open. You're like, what the fuck? That's so weird. Shocking. Yeah, it's shocking. Right. But by the time that we meet Leatherface, I've already lost interest because the dialogue is so whatever. The actors are so whatever. Leatherface himself is like truly one of the least interesting, like, quote unquote slashers to me and like i said this is just my opinion this whole episode is just our opinion right i'm just (laughs) that's my opinion (laughs) um i just i just feel like because the dialogue is so horrible because there's such a, a loss of like shock value there's there's literally the one scene where um like two scenes, two scenes i want to call out in general but the scene where he opens the freezer and the girl's body's in the freezer mm-hmm. and she's dead right she's got to be dead she's in the fucking freezer and then she pops up and she goes oh oh and she's like shaking around and i'm like that's not scary to me it's just stupid it's stupid and it takes away from the shockingness of oh my god there's a dead girl in the freezer Mm -hmm. that scene and the scene where she goes at the end right and she's like trying she's like help me help me this guy's chasing me and and the dad the like the you know the leatherface family dad's like what do you mean well let me help you let me help you and then there's like the one scene where he starts beating her with a broom i'm like yeah that okay what the it yeah, takes yeah, away yeah, yeah. from the movie so much okay. because she's all, ah, 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 and he's all, blah, blah, no, blah. like he, it's so at stupid. that point he puts a bag over her head and he's it's like beating so, with this like, <laughs> yeah, it's so stupid. And then the scene with like the grandpa, like that, it's not weird. to me, it's not scary. It's just like, like it's weird. He's all, he's all, beat a grandpa, get her with the hammer, grandpa. He's all, I can't do it. Ugh. He doesn't say anything. Wait, I wait, fucking, wait. I love the grandpa scene because it's straight up that SpongeBob scene where Squidward's like horribly injured and they're trying to get him to go jelly fishing they're like firmly grasp it in your hand and he's all like oh oh they're like no grandpa you gotta hold it tighter and hit her real hard oh my god if spongebob really got that that inspiration from that i don't know if that's where they got the inspiration it would have been clever but in modern times that scene has been obliterated because fucking spongebob patrick did the same twisted shit to squidward wait before we move on because we're we're like catching up on time did you want to say anything about uh no you don't moxie no you're good say, say your thoughts oh you've never watched the movie say your thoughts oh say your thoughts about leatherface is he scary he's a little bitch he's oh that's sad <laughs> all right well i guess we're just gonna move on from there um should we just hit up the the conjuring yeah i think that would be the correct thing to do all right let me just scroll on down all right there we go okay i don't have much to say on the conjuring because i did like I am a, f- I will, I'm going to preface it real quick. I'm a huge James Wan fan. He did some things that I'm like, oh, this is freaking amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like, I am a huge fan of the Saw movies. I am yeah. a huge fan. No. Have you, you, have you watched all of them? Because I had to watch all of them. I saw one Saw movie and that was about, that's which just one? Which the, first, one? the first one. And that's like basically oh. all of them, right? No, not at all. No, no. no. I, I really like the first one compared oh. to the rest. I mean, it's just. <laughs> I feel like they should just stop with the scary movie sequels. And I agree. I agree. I agree. And whatever. It's just. I agree. When you were talking about Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, I was thinking this. Slasher, especially slasher films, should not get sequels because it just, it it ruins. It ruins everything scary about it because you're like, okay, I know they're just going to make another one after this. We're talking about and Saw. It, 
and the guy and the guy's gonna kill everybody so it's not scary anymore like 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 fucking friday the 13th great great plot because it's like you're all like oh shit it's jason it's supernatural it's a ghost and then at the end it's revealed oh it was actually it was actually this woman who who was doing it the whole time and then and don't talk about the after scene because that's meant for a jump scare it's not it's not meant to be an actual story thing but then they make the second one they're like oh no jason jason too he did he came back from the dead and he is now a supernatural being and it's like this is this is so stupid you're 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 trampling the first film wait i'm only gonna say two things about it yes i have my gripes with the first uh friday the 13th and like oh it's the it's the mother but the mother wasn't introduced whatsoever throughout the entire movie like you you think like yeah no no i get it, i get it. it's like oh it's a surprise ending but it's like ooh, that's where in the movie like even showing like a scene with her being like in the di- in the diner or what I'll, I'll go on to that in, in, in another episode eventually with with friday the 13th but then um i'm gonna date the episode this episode right now they're coming out with a new saw movie yeah, I know. yeah spiral Why? spiral yeah I, I saw the i saw the ad for it and i was super Sorry. bummed out about it because i just i don't have high hopes for it i am i am such a diehard fan of the saw series like yes i know it's garbage i love it so much though i have a fucking saw tattoo on my goddamn body like i love it and i'm so not excited for this movie i didn't like fucking jigsaw, jigsaw i'm not sucked. gonna fucking like spiral i want i'm i'm you know what? I'm going to go against everything I said about fucking us. I love the formula that Saw follows. I love the fucking formula. Every movie has the same shit. Every movie. There's fucking over-the-top gore. There's shitty detective drama. And there's a fucking twist at the end, bro. And all the movies are exactly the same. Nick and I were just talking about this, how fucking movies three through seven are virtu- virtually indistinguishable from each other. Yeah. I don't fucking care. I love it, bro. I don't know what about those movies I love. It's just like... Honestly, I actually had the 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 saw like the saw theme as my ringtone for you for so long. I was like, that's fucking awesome. But also, I'm gonna admit I'm a diehard fan of the Saw series too. I think three through freaking eight at this point are garbage films. And I'll admit that they're garbage films. But I love them be just, and I, I'm only watching the films just to see like how clever like the the <laughs> contrap the, the traps can get, yeah. and I think that's why anybody watches slasher films too. Like why you watch Friday the Thirteenth or why you watch Halloween's like what different way can you kill a person and like in jason x like she he puts a fucking yeah he puts a girl's face in liquid nitrogen and then like when it comes out it's all frozen and then he just smashes it on the on the counter i'm like why has no one done that before yeah well i think yeah i think you're right and that that's probably my actual my actual issue with like sequels to horror films is that like i always feel like the first one has a a purpose yeah um and then Everyone after that is the literal definition of losing the plot because there is no <laughs> yeah. there is no purpose except for some stupid kills and like like I get it the kills can be really funny or they can be shocking or whatever and and I'll and I'll watch them and I'll and I'll crack up and it's funny but there's no substance and I'm ultimately gonna forget it I literally as as Nicole was saying that the Saw movies start to all blend together. I literally cannot tell you what <laughs> happened in them. And I watched them not that long ago. I, I can tell you from the first movie to the eighth movie, what happens? Cause I, I, I watched everything. it. I can, I've watched them so many times. I yes. James Wan, thank you for making the saw series. 
Nicole doesn't agree why you made the Conjuring series. No. I didn't like Insidious, but I did like the Conjuring. James Wan's kind of whatever, but the Saw series is beautiful. But he's not credited with every single one of those movies. No, you don't get to talk anymore about Saw. No, you don't. I'm just going to cut it here. If you guys liked Silver... Silver... If you guys liked our show, check us out at silvertongueaudio.org or you can email us at dazedanddisturbedpodcast at gmail.com. We now have an Instagram at dazedanddisturbedpodcast and I have figured out how to do Twitter now. So it is Days and Disturb oh, yeah. Podcast. I'm not sure. I'll recheck it for you guys. And we also have a Discord that I'm still trying to figure out. So more on that later. Is there anything else that you guys want to close with? Uh, I would like to say that if you're on Twitter, make sure that you send Daniel pictures of your feet. Okay, please don't do that. <laughs> okay, please do that. Uh, I'd like to say that Pete Buttigieg is a rat that tried to rig the Iowa caucus and he fucking sucks. I have no clue who that is. That's fine. Don't worry about it. I was just going to say, don't forget to add Chumpy. Chumpy sure Don't forget to add Chumpy. He needs a girlfriend, ladies. If you want a hot single man, he's free for kissing. Swipe right. Swipe right. <laughs> Swipe right on shrimp. All right, everybody. Have a good day. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Have a good day. Silver Tongue Audio. If you have an itchy asshole, where do you go? Where do you go to itch it? I mean, I know where to go, I mean, but if you're in public, you can't itch it anywhere. You know what I mean? Hello everyone, this is your friendly neighborhood NPC, Paul Logan, and I'm here to talk to you about a new podcast that I'm adding to my network. I could do fat jokes because I was fatter than I am now, but now I'm kind of like slightly overweight, which is cool with me, but I want to get to know overweight. It's funny, it's crass, it's fantastic. And so that's the last image my wife's going to see me. I don't want to do that. My kid walks in, I got the double chin looking fat as fuck with the poison. With, you know, you ever see in the movies and shit, when you have poison, your eyes are wide awake. You know, your mouth is all fucking wide open and your face is purple. But with the double chin, you ain't going to look cool. And it's hosted by a dear friend of mine, Mr. Alex Midnight. Podcast is called Midnight by the Bay. It's coming soon to a silver tongue near you. <laughs>